Hey Sam, are you going to come on screen? No, he's checking the camera angle. Hey Charles, and hello to you who are watching and listening. Welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer. I'm Sam. I'm Charles. Sunday is a gospel applied to mission, not Sunday is a gospel. Sunday's Sunday's gospel applied to mission. The views and opinions expressed here are not necessarily those. Necessarily those of Holy Family Parish, Father Romolito, Bishop of Hamilton, the Diocese of Hamilton. Catholic Church, or even God, but so they should be. But they should be is our is, is our <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> uh, I put that with a question mark. No, I, I like noticed. that. I like that. But they should be. I think you put that on the. Uh, I know it's funny. The video. It is funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because everybody says that without the but, but they, they should they should be part. <laughs> when really, like, no, we're pretty sure we're right. This is an argument I have with a lot of people all the time. Everybody <laughs> oh. thinks they're right. Part of my argument with everybody I meet is, you think you're completely right about everything, and you you hey, think you don't. Look, what the um, handle of the fly swatter is supposed to be up here, and it's it's blending because in with the it's green screen. Green, nice. Then a, a blue flower will suddenly magically appear. No, well, yeah, kind of. Trying to get into like a big political discussion, and you're playing with the. What if we had a blue screen? Why can't we have a blue screen? It's a floating flower. It's next to Charles's face. Oh look, it's sort of yeah, translucent now. Oh, that's weird. Yep, yep. I'll turn it over. Ah. Anyway, I'm gonna swat flies with this. Because we actually have flies. Because we have a fly problem in here. Well, I don't know. It's life. No, we have a fly infestation in this church. Hold still. Okay. Did that hurt? (laughs) It's a dead fly in the fly's water. Did that hurt after the fact? Who cares? It hurt the fly. I wondered if it hurt you. Whatever. Anyway, let's get started. I thought I was making an eloquent point. Which was what? About how everybody thinks they're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um... There's this uh, goofy term I learned from the internet, the Overton window. Oh, yeah. I don't know who Overton was, some political scientist or something, probably. His idea was the ideas that are socially acceptable at a certain point fall into a window and like in different grades of acceptability, right? So if you're in the middle of the window, you're not even aware that you have a point of view. You just think... You're because normal. Like everybody around you agrees with your basic... Pretty much, everybody. Yeah. ...ideology of every, yeah. about everything, right? Not just the number of people, but also the, the people who have the most influence it, tend to share the same opinions. Right. I agree with that. So that view makes anyone with a minority opinion stand out. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, let's say a thousand years in Europe and places that the Europeans had colonized, that was, broadly speaking, the Christian worldview... Um, a certain version of it, not not necessarily the best in my opinion, because there were a lot of other things attached to it. But um, yeah, it's not like that now. And I know that's discouraging for some Christians. It's kind of discouraging for me because I remember when it was easy to take things for granted that I can't take for granted anymore. But more than that, I actually think it's exciting to be in a position where you have to explain yourself over and over again to people. I was like, what is this about again? And I think that's why we're doing this podcast in part is we know that people, you're looking over the schoolyard? Yep. Are you worried about somebody? No. Okay. So you're saying that Christians used to be in the center of the Overton window. Sure. But the Overton window's actually shifted. Yes. And now Christians are on the fringe of it. That's right. I would say we're not on the outside of it yet. No, but we're no. like 
you know, if it was like a, a rectangle, we're like on the edge or near the edge anyway. Increasingly. Increasingly, our views, Christ the Christian worldview, mm -hmm. is out of step with the majority of the people around us, increasingly. I mean, I more and more meet people who are telling me literally things like, I'm afraid I'll lose my job if I talk about that. Right, yeah. If they're Christians and they, for instance, have a traditional Christian understanding of marriage and gender and so forth. Right, right. right. So one response to that... Because their manager or their boss yeah. probably doesn't... Well, they don't know. Or they, they don't, don't know where you stand. Or they don't know, yeah. But, but officially, corporations and, and governments and other organizations um, tend to like try to stay in the middle of the window because they, they're trying to represent the consensus position, which is not necessarily, not necessarily Christian. And it, it, you know, I think it makes life interesting to have to explain things that are really basic because what I love about it is actually it forces us as Christians to remember what's really central to our faith, ultimately Jesus and through him, God, the Bible, all the great things in our faith. But, but it's easy to get distracted within the Christian worldview and go off to one side and miss the centrality of Jesus, who he is, what he's done, what he's doing. So anyway, I actually like the idea that we're, we're forced to kind of go back to the core of our faith because people just don't have any idea what we're talking about. And they might be suspicious or hostile, but mostly they're just ignorant. Um, and ignorant is not, ignorance is not a bad thing because it's correctable. Yeah, and it's actually honest. Yeah. Right? I mean, well, it's not honest, but... Um, it can be honest. It can be honest, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's better than pretending you know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is actually uh, ties in, if I may, to our okay. backgrounder. Sure. So our backgrounder is a continuation from last week of Jesus giving instructions to the apostles. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the 12 chosen to go out as the first wave of messengers on behalf of Jesus. Um, he sends them out ahead of him to announce the kingdom of God has come near. And continuing on this week, these instructions will apply to them on that, uh, on that particular day if he says, go out, tell people the kingdom is coming. Uh, but it's going to apply to Christians like us who are trying to talk about Jesus and our faith in a world that is possibly hostile um, and suspicious or at best ignorant of what we, who, we are, who we are and what we're trying to talk about. So the backgrounder says, what, what Jesus talks about a lot in this passage is fear. Um, I was just commenting on, I did a little bit of digging around, you know, I love pop psychology. You can just say things like, people are like this, people are like that. Evolution says, you know, I like that kind of stuff. So I hope this makes sense. This part of it, the backgrounder is not essential to being a Christian, just as my take on it. First of all, I think this is obvious. Fear is a basic human emotion. Uh, like other human emotions, it motivates. Emotion has the word motion in it. Motivates how we act profoundly, sometimes inexplicably. Because when we're subject to specifically fear, we, we may make bad decisions. So according to psychologists, whoever they are, uh, we tend towards fight, getting aggressive, flight, avoid the object of our fear, or freeze, remain passive. So these are supposed to be, according to psychologists, three common reactions to when, when you have a lot of fear, when we're afraid. Fight, flight, or freeze, remain passive. So perhaps this human wisdom, which tells us that we, we act really weirdly or differently when we're, when we're afraid, helps us to understand why, why Jesus talks so much about fear in this passage we're going to hear. I mean, after all, fear could even be helpful. God gave us the ability to feel fear. We can feel fear because we face danger, whether imminent or long-term. And fear allows us to notice that there's danger. If we aren't overcome by fear, we can respond well 
to the challenges we face. But if we had no fear, we'd miss the things that we need to see. We just wouldn't notice them. So Jesus instructing the 12, uh, because he sent them out on mission, as I said before, as we said before, about the coming of the kingdom. The kingdom has come near. Because the, mis because the mission is dangerous, they will face fear. And even if, whether you're on mission for Jesus or not today, we may all face fear for one reason or another. Jesus speaks of three kinds of fear. First, he says to fear no one. Why? Because he says the truth cannot be concealed or kept secret. Powerful people tend to want to suppress the truth. They may threaten people who speak it. They may try to, to carry on their, their, their machinations or plots behind closed doors. But the 12 can go forward confidently, Jesus says, because their witness to the truth will be vindicated. The truth will come out. Secondly, Jesus says that they are to speak the truth that they have heard from him. Jesus taught them profound truths about God and, 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 and God's ways in the intimacy of friendship, which he likens to darkness or a whisper. And now Jesus says these mysteries need to be proclaimed for all to hear. They will face the pressure of evil forces coming against them, but they need not fear physical threat. Even those who kill them cannot touch their souls, provided they stay faithful to Jesus. And finally, Jesus' reassurance is based on what he tells them about his Father. And amazingly, it's worth mentioning this, this is an amazing thing, he calls God your Father. And the reason that he does this is because we're all loved by God as his children. Our Father cares about every little thing about us, even the hairs on our heads. And we need not fear, because the Father who loves us, no matter what. We all deal with fear. Today, Jesus offers us the ultimate reason to fear no one. When we put our faith in him, we'll be loved and protected against all possible dangers. And that's our backgrounder for this week. I just flipped it around to a blank page. Excellent. <laughs> a lot of wisdom there. Yeah. You know, people have written like blank books and sold them. Yeah. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father, we praise and thank you for this day. We give you glory and honor for you are God. You are the creator of the universe. You've called each of us to follow you, to love you, to serve you. We're so grateful, Lord, that you sent your son Jesus in the fullness of time to be our savior, to live like us in all things but sin, to suffer and die as the sinless and spotless lamb of God for our sins. And so, God, we place all of our discussions today at your feet and all of our hopes and dreams, everything that we are, everything that we have, we lay down before you. We ask you to guide us. We ask you to use us as your servants. We ask you, Lord, to send us out uh, to those that are lost and broken in the world and that you would allow us to have no fear because we are filled with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 10, <clears throat> verses 26 to 33. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. Jesus said to the twelve, 
Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. I got something. Two sparrows. Yep. Um, we had week four of five unify last night and i got a chance to talk with i'd say more people and i think even over the four weeks that we've been running um i feel like people are opening up a bit it's a different it's a different thing than that was running here before which was alpha which was great in its own right the chosen was shown before that last fall also great uh, but for whatever reason the there are different conversations happening um and two things i'm aware of is a lot of people are dealing with a lot of really serious things in their lives. Quick, the fly swatter. Maybe you could hit yourself on the Just head. Just keep going. All right. Um, this is, ties into flies. Because flies are like sparrows. No? They're not as nice as sparrows. Sparrows are annoying too, though. Oh, yeah. Um, if there were a sparrow flying, flying around in here, it'd be twice as annoying as a fly. A lot more annoying. Yeah. Um, so the other thing about people is, like, why should anyone care? But, there, but, uh, but, but we do care. I think we do. I think I, I know I do. And I think the way you start to care about somebody is they tell you a bit about their story and vice versa. They want to listen to your story. Um, so that like the, the thing about sparrows is they're insignificant. I was thinking it's easy to look at like anyone in the group who was here last night, whatever, 60, 70 people or however many we were, the numbers don't, even the numbers are not that important. Um, like someone walking around along the road or driving along or whatever, it's like, um, you know, they're just a number sort of thing, right? Uh, it's easy to feel that way. Like no one cares, no one notices you. Or if they do notice you, it's mostly to put you in your place and make sure you're like falling in line. Anyway. I actually, um, I actually asked someone, I asked someone last night if they were okay. Yeah. Because, partly because I could kind of tell they weren't. Mm -hmm. But also because I, I do care whether they're okay. And that they actually, they actually said, thank you for caring. Right. Which Sounds obvious. You, which is what you said. You just said. Yeah. Thank you for caring. That ties into my to mine too. I was um, focusing on the word acknowledge. Hmm. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. Hmm. And like you said, there's such a need to be noticed and acknowledged, mm -hmm. and just heard and seen. Mm -hmm. um, this is a really dumb uh, movie uh, re reference, but the movie Avatar. Okay, I've never seen it, but I'm sure. Okay, it's so with yeah. the, the blue creatures, the Navi or creature. whatever. You're a blue creature. These are, at least their skin is blue. It's like another planet, Pandora. I think you're thinking about the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy is blue. No, the, I, all I'm, of the creatures. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm being stupid. Don't pay well, any attention. Well, anyway, their, their greeting is yeah. I see you. And I, I'm, I think some indigenous cultures use that greeting too. Okay. I see you know. is their, their greeting. Okay. Okay. I just, I think about that because... Um, 
that's what we like about friendships and about relationships is, is that someone knows us and notices us, cares about us, yeah. that someone sees us, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the, the opposite of that is quite literally hell. To have no one acknowledge you or see you or know yeah. you is what hell is. It's, it's absolute isolation, mm -hmm. right? So you could describe the life of a very wealthy person who has no one around them who can, whom they can trust as hell. Another movie reference on that vein. Which is? The Bat Batman Lego movie. Oh, okay. One of my favorite movies of all time. I should watch it. You've never seen Lego Batman? No. Oh my gosh. Dude, I don't like favorite. DC. I'm a Marvel guy. Okay, well anyway, there's this one scene where he, he's, he's out, like he stops this huge crime thing right. or whatever. There's like all this fighting and stuff at the, in the opening scene. And then he gets back to the Batcave and it's totally empty. Right. And he's just like, he goes into like his movie theater and sits down and puts something on and he's laughing like by himself, like watching it in this huge theater. Right. It seats like 50 people and he's all by himself. And then he's microwaving a crab because it's Lego. There's like not too much food. No, <laughs> it's just a crab. He's microwaving yeah. a crab. Yeah. And there's I this, gotta watch this movie. This I love crabs. He, there's this scene They're where delicious. He's, he's got the microwave on yeah. and you just see his cowl. Mm -hmm. And the, the shadow behind him is the cowl going, mm. Right. Because <laughs> the microwave. It's, I was laughing out loud in the theater and no one else was. No else thought it was funny. <laughs> but I thought that part was hilarious. My point is, he was rich and powerful oh, yeah. and famous. But when he got home, there was nobody there right. to notice him. Okay. Which is literally the worst thing. That's why mm -hmm. it's hell. That's why hell is, is, is that all the of that. Is, is the movie about that? Yeah. It's about him keeping everyone at arm's length. Right. And eventually being forced to trust. Uh, Robin? Robin and the others in the story. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is, it is a really good, it has a really good message actually about, um, friendship and family and isolation. And so anyway, my point is acknowledge to be acknowledged is really, really important. And yep. that you could almost sum up the mission. This is Sunday's gospel applied to mission. Mm -hmm. And I know they're, they're talking, he's talking about his disciples here and not the yes. people they're going to, but you could almost sum up the church's mission as acknowledging yes. the people in our community. Which reminds right. me, which makes me think. Acknowledging they exist, acknowledging yes. their needs, yes. but learning their names, yes. seeing them, and caring about them mm -hmm. could, could almost sum up the mission. And from there, we obviously we want to introduce them to Jesus. He's their only hope, right? So anyway, that's all. So the danger, you, you said almost, and I think the danger would be in, in missing the, the word almost in what you said, because I talked about it from like pop psychology point of view of like fear and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, do, I do think fear is one of the things that keeps people apart for different reasons. The flies are certainly afraid at this point. Actually, they're not. They, they don't notice. But, uh, oh, you lost the beautiful flower. My flower is gone. Now you have an invisible fear invisibility. Oh, no, we're giving Tim Hortons. <laughs> wait, wait, come on. Can we focus? Yeah. All right. It's easy to miss Jesus because there's a lot of human wisdom in what I said and what you said. You said almost. And I, I, I think we, we, we talk about this now and then is the question is, so, okay, acknowledging people is essential. Being acknowledged is essential to us as people. He's actually proposing, more than proposing, he's bringing about a kingdom where that happens. That, that is to say, ultimately it comes down to, and in fact, this is what he says, right? Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly father. Meaning... We're seen by God. God knows, like the sparrow thing is like not one of the not one of the sparrows falls to the ground with the, without your father's knowledge. But there's a difference, he says, when we acknowledge him, 
he will acknowledge us before the, the Father in heaven. And that that's pretty mysterious. I think, uh, you know, we were actually earlier on today visiting a friend of ours and doing a house blessing for him. Um, a blessing is acknowledging a place as a home. In this case, it was a house blessing. And therefore, the, the, the person who lives in that home, uh, kind of before God, when we were talking about it, it was your idea, like almost thinking about his his place as like a, an embassy for the kingdom. Yeah. And he kind of thought it was cool because that, that means everybody in the neighborhood where he lives is literally being blessed by the church because of his, his presence there mm -hmm. and his home's presence there. I like that. It's cool. Yeah. He brings a little bit of the kingdom of God into the, the park where he lives. And the, and the, the house blessing is an acknowledgement of bringing Jesus, acknowledging Jesus' presence and asking Jesus to bless and protect that home, but also to make it a place of welcome, of hospitality, uh, so that not only, not only will he, the, the, re the guy who lives there, be, be, be hospitable, but also that he will be an ambassador, meaning mm -hmm. someone who introduces, a lot like the 12. Right, this, uh, an ambassador, yeah, an ambassador A lot like the 12 in this uh, passage that we're talking about. Yeah. So, you've acknowledged a lot of people in your life. I mean, probably hundreds, probably more likely thousands. A lot of youth, for instance, right? I've acknowledged lots of different people too. Mm -hmm. What's different about, I, I know, like, what is different about this commission from Jesus that is more than just like, you've helped a lot of youth or I've ministered, mm -hmm. done a lot of different ministry or service to different people. What's different, You're, you, are one, you are like the, one of the 12, we're, we're, we're following their footsteps, bringing the message that the kingdom has come near to different people. What's different about acknowledging people as an ambassador of Jesus versus just like Sam, good guy? Just like saying, I want to be everybody's friend. Right, which is yeah. good. What's different about it is I think that there's a commitment that goes along with it. Or like a, almost like an ownership. Who owns what? Um, yeah, ownership's a kind of a... No, no, I like the word ownership, actually. Yeah, I do like the word. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, um, I always, I've always felt like the people that God sends my way, mm -hmm. um, they, they, again, I don't want to use the wrong words here, but it's okay. sort of like they belong, they belong to me in a sense. Sure. They're my, almost, they're my responsibility. Yep. Right? And um, I care about them. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't just... I don't just want to like see them and know who they are and have them know me and say hi to them when I pass them. Mm -hmm. I want to actually help them. I want to take care of them, right? I almost have like um, like my motto is the the to the fatherless be as a father that mm -hmm. verse from Sirach. To the fatherless be as a father, and um, almost to like love them as a father in a way. I feel like it's part of my my mission. And a father doesn't just love their kids. They like, they look at, they, they provide for them. They look after them. Mm -hmm. They take care of them. They bind up their wounds. They pick them up and they're crying. They, you know, all of those things. So there you go. That's why. I would say. I don't know if that was the answer you were looking for. No, it wasn't actually, but that was your answer. Would it? <laughs> that's okay. I don't think we should have the same answer. That's the point. That's why we're having, that's why there are two of us here. Um, and, and if you're listening and watching, you might have a different way of responding to this too. It'd be interesting to hear if you wanted to let us know. That's not the answer I was looking for, but it was good. That's not the point. I'm not trying. Here's the thing. This might even tie up to what I was saying. So when I am with people, I'm 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 consciously and con continually aware that I'm there as an ambassador. I'm not. In other words, I don't belong to me. I belong to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So when I when I am acknowledging somebody, I'm acknowledging them as myself, but I'm also acknowledging them on behalf of Jesus and His kingdom. I'm saying. Here's this kingdom here. It's coming near to you right now because I'm here. And 
your connection with his kingdom could change everything in your life. And I've seen that happen. You have too, right? Uh, because I have helped people with just material help. And I think it's important to help people with material help. But I've also realized that ultimately people need their lives transformed. And that's a long, slow journey, which we're both still on for sure. And really only comes about through the power of Jesus over time. And not only that, because life is complicated, that's, that applies to individuals, but it applies to communities. I mean, these people are actually going out to do... Um, to the different villages that are around where Jesus is and where he's going to be traveling ahead of him kind of thing. Um, so they're they're going to be like talking to whole communities and saying the kingdom is coming to your community. I think about that a lot because as we've been, I've been talking to you about it the last little while, um, thinking a lot about my home community where near where we live, Dundalk. I think about Hanover certainly. It's like, what difference does it make to Hanover, the community, that the kingdom of God has come near to Hanover? A lot of difference. I was talking to your friend, my friend too, Paul Newman recently about the deck, which is um, an outreach in the community specifically for youth, and how many lives that Paul and, and other people who minister and serve at the deck have made, how much difference they've made in the lives of the people who are there, mostly youth again, but also their families through them, right? It's like, well, it should make a an impact on the community when the kingdom of God comes near. People's lives should be transformed because we're not just working for us, we're working for him, for Jesus. So we also bring a power um, and I guess well, well, I'll throw one more thing out at you and maybe we'll wrap up with that. At least my, my point of view is like, when you do this, you will be opposed. That's what he's, he's talking about the fear that you will face when you get, get going on this stuff because you'll be opposed. You'll face persecution. You'll face being swatted aside like a fly. Yeah. And therefore there'll be fear. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking about fear no one. Mm-hmm. Fear, he, when he says fear no one, he means no one you will encounter on this journey, mm -hmm. right? Because he goes on to say, these are actually the things you should fear a little later, right? Right, right. Fear the one that will then can cast both can body, and, body, and, soul body and soul into Gehenna, the yeah. place of isolation, right? Um, and darkness. And, um, and also fear being denied by Jesus mm -hmm. on the last day, mm -hmm. right? We just had, uh, we just, in May, no, earlier in June, we took the whole youth group. We walked up to the cemetery and we had youth group in the cemetery, hmm. um, which was really interesting. Yeah. Having a bunch of youth there. And we talked about last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell, mm -hmm. which are realities we will face someday. And uh, the church um, actually wants us to think about it. We wants us to be aware that it's coming, not, not caught by surprise. I would say. You know what, Sam? I just want to warn you about something. What? There's a giant sparrow behind us, and uh, at any moment, it might decide we're <laughs> like worms or something. Yeah, I know. That sparrow would be a major threat to our well-being. Oh, if yeah. It was, if it was real, it was that, that could size. do damage. That'd be huge. Um, Sorry. Yeah, anyway. Um, just uh, the only reason I bring that up is that um, it's not that we shouldn't be afraid of anything. Right. Um, but we need to be afraid of the right things. Yeah. Right. And really, what all he's saying is, the only thing you need to fear is falling away from me, right? Separation from Jesus. Separation from Jesus. Yeah. Which will result in, sh in separation from everyone we love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing is, when people have... I mean, it's tough, because we're all on this journey together, as we've been talking about. Journey of what? Towards God, ultimately, towards the Father, to, towards being acknowledged by God in this life, and, and we hope and pray in the life to come. Right, but but uh, it's so easy 
to lose sight of the way and to give in to fear, for me anyway, very, very easy. And to look for substitutes for Jesus because the problem with it is I'm happy to take charge of my own life. Very happy to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for your help with my plans. You know, kind of, I'm like that, that kind of person. And I think a lot of people struggle with the things that actually happen in your life that you that don't line up with the way you think they should go and legitimately like are really bad things like to do with the um, inability inability to provide for yourself inability to stay connected to your family your your health falls apart all these things that happen to, to people one 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 thing or another sometimes all at once um that, that those that, that results in a lot of fear i think there's a lot of fear that i've experienced around those things so you tend to focus, I think what I what maybe I would say is I tend to focus on the fear uh, rather than on Jesus. That's one of the, that's the way evil works. I think just getting my attention away from, from Jesus. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of distractions. So the fear of the Lord is actually the right fear. The, the Bible right. says in several places, yeah. the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, in meaning acknowledging him and his holiness is completely set apart from us, but remembering that we're accountable to him and we actually will be acknowledged by him, but that's not something we can take for granted. And that's a good fear. Right. But it's not meant to be like fear like you would have of like fire. Or a giant sparrow. Or a giant sparrow. It's more like uh, respect or acknowledgement. Well, I'd say that... Who God is and his, his place in the universe. And I'd say remembering that the stakes are eternal. Yeah. And they're huge. It's and life rem- and death. Yeah, and, and who, who's in control. Mm-hmm. Right? Acknowledgement of who's in control. That is God, not us. Sam. Excellent place to cut to wrap up. With fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom. Let's get the sparrow out of here. Before it eats us. Before it eats you. It's looking at you with those. Yeah, it's true. With those beady eyes. Beady eyes. It's like, hmm, I could take you back to my young. <laughs> it was a really cheesy movie made in the 50s or 60s, colorized, like called, quote unquote, the food of the gods. That people ate some weird chemically enhanced foods and they all became giant and all these giant animals and all these giant people were like terrorizing the regular size. Oh, that sounds fun. Giant rats, giant bees and stuff. Hmm. I think it was based on a novel by H.G. Wells, perhaps. Uh, That doesn't surprise me. Science fiction writer from a century ago. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Okay, let us pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, there are giants in our lives that induce fear in us, whatever those may be, spiritually, mentally, psychologically, um, health, money, people, they're just coming at us. And uh, very often I'm afraid and we're afraid. So we ask you to give us courage, the virtue of fortitude that you promised your followers. And you remind us that we are to fear God and God alone because he is the true maker and creator of all things and all people, including us. So we, we just pray for the gift of wisdom that is the fruit of fear of the Lord for us and for all those watching and listening so that we will remain your faithful ambassadors. And for those who do not yet know you, that they will come to understand how you set us free. And we pray all those things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks for being here and joining us today. And um, every Thursday night at 8 o'clock, our... Thursday Night Appetizer airs on YouTube and, the, and Spotify and all the other podcasting podcasting things. places shortly after that. So tell your friends, tell your family, yep. tell your enemies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe People not your enemies. enemies. Well, why not? <laughs> all right. See you next time, guys. See you next time. I got to stand up. Shut it off this time.